Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. This is Pastor Adam, and I'm here with a special guest today for episode 91, and we are in the series Symptoms of a Dead Church, so we'll get back to that in a second. Let me introduce my guest to you today, sitting across from me, first time in the podcast, uh, I call it a studio, but it really is a little junky room um, that we've set up, is Mike Wallace. How are you? Um, hey, Mike. Glad to hey. have you today. Good um, to be here. Mike is a uh, retired um, former police officer and um, dad of a bunch of kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, Mike, just tell me a little bit about yourself, please. Um, <clears throat> well, I retired. I retired... Um, July two years ago. Um, it's been longer than I thought. Yeah, yeah, it it, it really has. I, it, but it's flown by. You know, just like the career, it, it flew by. Yeah. I was I was hired in uh, July one, nineteen eighty seven, with annexation. So you know, I I was on the job for thirty four years, um, and I finally retired uh, as the rank of lieutenant. And I spent much of my career as uh, an investigator, either gotcha. uh, investigating cases or. Um, you know, being the lieutenant of investigations. And I, I finished up as a watch command, which was a, a night shift job. And phew, I'm too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> that probably made you retire earlier. It, it didn't It didn't hurt. I mean, it, it helped uh, quite a bit, yeah. But, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, ca- I can't sleep during the day. I mean, at night. So during the day was, was really hard, you know. I just, I I just couldn't do it. I, but I will tell you that I enjoyed getting back on the street and, um, you know, working with the guys because uh, I was – um, as a detective, um, you, you got there when it was over most of the time, you know, right. unless you're doing a search warrant or something like that. But it was nice to get the, in there with the guys and spend the last three months, um, you know, working with guys on the street. It was really nice. It was it was good for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, a police officer, mostly a detective. That's what. Yeah, what I was, was about de- half and half. About half and half. A half as um, you know, working as a, an officer, and then the other half as an investigator. Over the course of four, oh, in four different decades. Right, eighties, nineties, two thousand, two thousand tens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, so. I, don't, I don't know why you put it that way. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's trying to make Mike feel old. <laughs> that's probably not hard to do. No, no, it's not. You know, we were here when uh, I was working when when crack hit the town in the late eighties, and it was it was horrible. Um, yeah, it, the world changed here. It really did. And it was basically your your initiation into police work was during all that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was that was interesting. To say the least, you know, um, you know. Hopefully, we, we'll we'll get past all that. Yeah, but, I hope so too. Yeah. And then you have uh, three grown kids. Yeah, yeah. And, there you and, go again. There you some, go again. And some grandbabies. <laughs> I do have one uh, and one on the way. Yeah, that's right. One on the way. So yep. it's awesome. Yep. Um, yeah, I wanted to have Mike on because I just think you bring a unique perspective to you know. You and I were talking a couple months ago, whatever, about this and. I think you bring a unique perspective on what we're talking about. So for those of you that are listening, if you've missed some of the episodes recently, once again, this is episode 91. I think this is episode seven um, in Symptoms of a Dead Church. Um, Yeah, I think that's right. It may be eight. And so all we've been doing is talking through, like, what is causing this steep decline of the church in America? And so if you missed the last several episodes, I'm not going to give it as much backstory on it. But if you go back, you'll get – we give a bunch of statistics right. on 
the fact that this is not just some hyperbole when we say this, or it's not just anecdotal, right. that the church in America is declining steeply. It's declining in uh, actual membership. It's declining in people identifying as Christ followers or as Christians. Um, and so there's been a drastic decrease. It's also not just due to one generation. Right. And so it's not just saying, well, of course, the younger generation now identifies as none. No, you know, no right. religious connection or not Christian, and all the older people who did are dying. That's not really true. The the there's the same basically same percentage decrease right now in baby boomers who hmm. used to identify that don't identify now, and then Gen X the same way, Millennial the same way, Gen Z even a little more. Right, so it is right. changing some with that, but it's it's still across the board. So, you know. The year 2000 versus the year now in 2020, so in the last 20 years, there has been a pretty drastic decrease in church membership um, where people say, I am affiliated with this particular religious group or church. And and it also that also includes – that number also includes um, non-Christian religions in America too. And so right. it's just kind of across the board. Um, but there's definitely a, a steep decline in Christianity um, – and with the most recent information that came out, which all most of that came out from studies that were happening or ended in 2020, you can just see some real statistical evidence that that's the case. So we're talking about something that's real. But right. then also, we know this is real from our own personal perspectives. And so I, I don't want us to get to talking about something that is just hyperbole or anecdotal. So we want it to be something that's actually really happening. But then yeah. also, it's not just statistics either. We see it from our own personal experience. And so that's where I want to go with it. Um, and we've been talking. So we've talked through the reputation of the church. The church has a bad reputation. We've talked through the amount of church hurt that people feel, like people get hurt by Churches, when I say churches, I mean people in churches. You know, people hurt people. Um, yeah. Ambiguous buildings or organizations don't hurt people. The people within them do. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about disunity. We've talked about secondary issues being a problem that causes that disunity. Political issues causing that stuff. Um, we talked about um, the shortage of leaders in the church. Um, all those kind of things. And so... I wanted to pick your brain about it because I thought you'd bring a unique perspective because not only are you a father um, and a retired officer, which I think the officer piece brings a lot as well, but you were you're a PK. You were a preacher yeah. kid. You were a pastor kid. Correct, yeah. Um, your dad was a pastor for what, your whole life? Gosh. Uh, well, you know, he, he probably started around uh, 30, um, and I was in – I had just gotten out of elementary school into um, middle school. Yeah, is when he decided to, you know, pack everything up and, and make the move. Yeah, uh, and we, I mean, he we sold everything. I think they kept their their bedroom furniture. We were sitting on boxes of uh, books at uh, seminary. You know, yeah. There's some that's that's a story within itself. But yeah, I, it was definitely a calling for him. Yeah, so, so yeah. I think that's a that's a very unique perspective. You know, um, because you have. You know, not only are you a Christ follower, right. um, and you lead your kids and your family that way, but obviously, you know, you were led that way right. by parents, and then that, and then what we see there is is somebody who has continued in the faith from right. what's been instilled with their parents, 
And not only that, but your parent was actually a, a, a pastor. So right. we're talking about a ministry family. And you know as well as I do, it's a family ministry thing. It's yeah, not so when you is. say when you say dad's a pastor, I get this a lot. My kids will be like, Your dad's a pastor. I'll be like, Look, our family is a ministry. That's right. the way this works, right? Yeah. Mama does just as much pastoring as daddy does. You know, well, so. I remember in school one time, uh, one of the kids asked me, he says, uh, what does your dad do for a living? I said, Well, he's a preacher. Yeah, I know, but what does he do for a living? <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> I get that question. You know, it's yeah. crazy. I get that question all the time yeah. still. I will be at family functions right yeah. now, right, yeah. where these people know that I've been in ministry, you know, full-time since I was yeah. 20 years old. Right. They also know, because they know me, they know the scope of our church. So they know right. the size and scope of what we do. And they still ask me, what else do I do for work? Right. Right. <laughs> It's funny, and I, yeah. and I, and I was say, well, I, I, you know, and I, I decided I figured out at some point because they used to offend me. It used right. to really offend me, and I figured out at some point it's like people people just can't understand what they don't understand, right? And you know, and then you don't have to hold them at fault to it. You just right. kind of make a joke with them and just move on, you know. So I always joke back. Well, I only work on Sundays, so you know, so, <laughs> the only day right. of the week I work. That's right. So we're good to go. You know, yeah. just, they just can't get what they don't get, and that's right. one of those things where you can't understand it unless you're in it. And I think, I think that this is not our topic of the podcast today, but it, right. but it goes along with. It. I think it's the same thing with with police work and those things. Right. You can't people. People can't know what they don't know, right. or can't understand what they can't understand, and I think that. You know, especially when you look into another profession, it's just really hard to know the ins and outs of something that you've never been a part of. You Correct. just don't know the scope of it. Right. What it takes, how much time it takes, you know, those kind of things. And, you know, you were telling me before that that some of those things, you, you know, they were heartbreaking and you carried them for forever. You know, some of those some of those um, yeah. cases and stuff that you would work, you just right. – it just people just can't understand it. And I think it's the same thing with, with us as right. pastors or whatever. It's just like – you know, it, it is what it is. And so just kind of move on and make Correct. jokes about it and move on from it. But I think that brings a unique perspective to the whole thing. So, Mike, yes. with, with without uh, further delay, <laughs> just put you on the spot. Right. Now, Mike, I will tell you guys this is, listen, Mike has had more prep uh, to think about this than anybody else had. Because I threw him this question at least, at least a couple months ago. Yeah, somewhere around that, and yeah. uh, everybody else got like a day or forty-five minutes, and so you've had plenty of time. Oh, so yours no ought to be the absolute Great. best. Great, it ought to be the best. Right. right. So, Mike, what do you think? What what is what is your gut instinct of a key piece that is causing the decline of a ch- of the church or Christianity in America? You know, my my gut tells me, and I, I'm sure it's not the the only thing, right. but I I do feel like it's a failure. Um, me and you, men, um, we have we have failed in the scope of I think what our leadership should be and how we should be as people, how we should be as Christians. And, and I'm and I, like I said, I'm speaking about myself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's you know that's where I that's where I started was you know thinking about me. Um, I, th- I think we're self-involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I can think about the times where myself thought about, you know what, I'm just not going to church today. And that's only a small part of it, actually going to church. Yeah. Uh, when you think about the decline of the church, are you talking about a decline of um, the establishment right. as a church right. or as a people? Yeah. I mean, you could talk about both of those for forever. But I think as men, I think we have fallen down. But I, I will say um, that I think women have Picked it up and carried it. Yeah. So you're talking specifically about the 
call of men to be leaders in their families in the uh, church to and start community with. period correct well, to, or like you said leading themselves to start with correct yeah. and and then you can see with the decline of um and you hear it all the time and i've seen it and you've seen it is the decline of the um the nucleus of the family mm. uh, the ideal family um of a man and the wife and the children and and all that sort of stuff with the decline of that when you don't have a father in the in the yeah. mix, and I'm not saying it's going to fail automatically because of that, because God decides how yeah, he, things are going to go. You know, His um, grace covers a whole oh, lot of cracks, yeah, right? all of it. But um, you know, when there's no man around, no father around to you know to put in his, um, you know, his leadership, um, women have had to, to pick it up. But I, th- I think we're just distracted, and our hearts are hard as as men, and we just have dropped the ball. Completely so you think, you think that there's a direct correlation. I agree with you, but you think there's a direct correlation between men not being leaders, period, yeah. or or stepping up or whatever it may be. Then then and that's leading to the decline of Christianity. How do how do you make that connection? Like, yeah, I can remember. Um, and, and this is just an example. I can remember. <clears throat> excuse me. I went to church. If the door was open, and of course my dad was a, a pastor. Right. But if the door was open, I was going to church. Right. If it was Wednesday night, if it was Sunday morning, if it was Sunday night, and that was due to my father's leadership. Now, that was before he was a pastor as well. If the door was open, that's where we were going. Yeah. And that was through his leadership. And I didn't understand it at the time why he really wanted me to do it other than that's what he wanted me to do. So that, that creates um, – it creates things in our lives that that we do, like um, it gives the stability for the family. So I, I think you're absolutely right because, in other words, what men do tends to set a tone for the people that are around them and in their families. Right? Correct. So correct. It, it's, well, it's, you know, it's going to set a tone one way right. or the other. So if right? dad, if dad says we're going to church, then all of a sudden, it's this value on the whole family's going to church. Right. Right. And and if Dad says we're not, Correct. or we don't do that, or we Correct. don't believe in that, or we don't care about that, right? Then the family sort of picks up the same tone. It, absolutely. And I, how many times have you heard this? Uh, and I've I've said it. Uh, it can be said about anything, but you know I can worship God just as well at the lake as I can. Absolutely. I've I've, I've heard that right. Well, conversely. I can fish in my driveway just as well as I can at the lake, but where am I going to fish? Yep. Where I catch fish, right? So it, it, we have just dropped the ball. We're just too dis, distracted, I think, by a lot of things, and we're, and we're thinking about ourselves. Absolutely. You made me think of I had to pull it up while we were talking, and I had to type real quietly because we <laughs> right. don't got the most sophisticated uh, right. podcast uh, tools. But anyway – you made me think of this because I, I, obviously this has to have something to do with it. I mean, I, I remember seeing this stat a long time ago about if dad gets saved, if dad goes to yeah. church, if dad's a Christian, here's what happens with the family versus if he's not. Right. Um, and, and I had to pull it up just to just to see it again. If a father does not go to church, even if his wife does, right. so even if mama goes, only one child in 50 mm. will become a regular worshiper. If a father does go to church regularly, regardless of what mama does, between two-thirds and three-quarters of their children will attend church as adults. Wow. That is insanity. It is. It That's is. the craziest stat we've read this whole series. Mm. Like, that, that don't even make any – I don't even want to get my mind around right. that. 
Right. So that means if mama by herself is leading the charge of our families going to church and instilling that value into their children. Which many do. Right. I mean, I'm a, I see it every day, yeah. right? One in 50. That number don't even register. Yeah, I didn't know I mean, that. Yeah. One in, that's what, 2%? Yeah, yeah that's 2%. Um, if a father goes regularly, regardless of whether mama stays home or not, two-thirds and three-quarters of their children will attend church as adults. Wow. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Uh, that's that's insane. Yeah. Wow. If if a father attends church irregularly, between half and two thirds of their kids will attend church with some regularity as adults. Yeah. If a mother does not go to church but a father does, a minimum of two thirds of their children end up attending church. That just does not make sense. That's crazy. That yeah. means there's got to be a correlation in what you're talking about. I mean, and then this they focused in on a little bit further. Like, listen to this one. When both parents attend a Bible study in addition to going to church. So it's not just church attendance then. It's, so it's like, let's think old school. I grew up this we're just place. Doing it, Sunday right. school, right? We're going to Sunday school too. Right. Or we're like New, new World, we call that. I'm in a small group, right? Or I'm in some sort of Bible study right. um, in addition to the Sunday service. So in addition to going to church, 72% of their children will also be in Bible wow. study. Not church, but Bible yeah. study too. Right? Because this goes back to what you said at the beginning. It's like when we talk about this, are we talking about just church attendance? Are we talking about you know identifying as Christians? Right. Are we talking about actually living out the faith? Right? Because mm-hmm. it can be argued that you know you can live out the faith and not be one of those people that Correct. attends church regularly. Although I do think that 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 will get you in trouble real fast oh, yeah. in your faith walk. Right? More isolated, the less likely that things to continue. When only the father attends a Bible study, fifty five percent of the children do when they grow up. Mm. When only the mother attends Bible study, 15% will attend when they grow up. When neither parent attends Sunday school or Bible study or whatever, only 6% of the children do Bible study when they grow up. So obviously that there's some sort of issue here with dad's involvement. And I just think that's because there is a tone set by the father um, in these situations. And so if there is a – like think about the households where there is no dad. I mean – First off, yeah. how many households are like that? There's yeah. a lot. There's it, a lot. Yeah, and like, and like I said, I you know I, I I've known plenty of of children and families that have you know done really well in spite of the fact yeah. that dad was around, and that's the strength of the mother. That says more about the strength of the Absolutely. mother. You know what I mean? And you know, thank God that that we have that. Um, otherwise, we'd be we worse than they are. But yeah, you can see that even socially. Across the board, socially, if the man is not in the home, um, especially with young boys, yeah, they tend to want to run things. They tend to want to do things. And and where's their you know where are they getting their goals from? Where are they getting their their ideas of what about what life is? It ain't it, probably not from home. It's going to be from some other male yeah. somewhere else. And who you know, God knows who that is. You know, you probably saw this a lot with crime. I'm guessing mm-hmm. that you know. Obviously, it's not the only factor, and we know that what we're saying is not right. the only factor either. But right. obviously, there there's a pro- proclivity to more crime when there is an absent father. And yeah. I think, and I think also this, you know, this definitely goes to too that um, it it takes two people to raise children, yeah. right? And so there's if there's an absent parent period, there's all of a sudden this gap. Right. But what we know is is that if if 
if men are not in the roles that they're if they're not literally leading their families right. and, and showing them the way and setting the tone, then it's much more likely for something else or some right. other male influence to do that, right? Well, yeah, and I'd like to make a distinction between between that because you know men are men are going to lead regardless of their actions. Depends on the direction. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. As a man, we're going to lead somewhere. Our actions are going to determine if how other people follow. You see what I'm yeah, what I'm getting yeah. at. So you can say, "Well, I don't want to step up and have responsibility." Well, you you have a role. It's not a good one now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, it, it, they need to have a good role. They need to have a positive role in families because you're being looked at one way or the other. I can't tell you how many you know. And this is just as a, like I said, a general rule. I can't tell you how many, um, if from a police perspective, how many males especially that name their children right after them, and we have dealt with the father and the child. Sometimes the father, the mm. child, and the grandchild, they just follow that, they follow that lead. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It, it is insane. And how you that... don't see that near as much with moms and no. kids either, right? No. I mean... you, you always, almost always have moms trying to intercede or grandmas right. trying to intercede. Right. right. You know, but there's only so much that that we should ask of them to contribute. Yeah. As men, we should be we shouldn't be putting that on them. Is what I'm saying. They they're trying to handle it. Don't get me wrong. And there's success in there. But we shouldn't, as men, be putting that on them. We should think less about ourselves. Yeah, that's what you and I were getting to right. earlier. Like, what does it? What should it? What What does it look like for a man to actually lead? What's ca- What do you think's causing? So, if if we're drawing a, a long comparison here, that one of the reasons the church, you know, Christianity is declining in America is the lack of men leading their families in the faith, right? right? Or right. period. Right. What is What causes then men to not be in the roles that they should be in and not be stepping up and leading their families? Like, what do you think is causing that? I, I, you know, at the heart of it, I think it's just self-involvement. We're yeah. just involved with other things that have distracted us from doing it. And I think there are some, there are some weakness in there because at some point, as a man, you're going to have to say, this is right and this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to take what comes with that decision and a lot of times we you know we don't want to do it we don't want to take what comes with it you you're going to have to make a decision um, in the face of something that your family will see and it's going to cost right on one end it's going to cost the reward on the other end you know could be it could be just amazing but the cost for making that decision is going to be there and as a man you're going to have to absorb it you just got to do it. There's but, no way around it. But there has to be, uh, like you were saying before, it's all about not choosing yourself. Correct. Right. And I think that, I mean, I, you know, you've heard me say this plenty of times. I mean, obviously, the, so the fastest growing religion in America is not um, anything we could actually say that there's a place of t- worship to attend. The fastest growing right. religion in America is selfism. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and it always has, this is not just an America thing. It's right. always been a human being issue. Right to elevate self into God's spot, right? right? And so it's all about me. It's all about what I want. And I think it's extremely easy for men to say, you know, I work hard. 
It's my house, my family, my whatever. I'm going to do what I want. When I'm off, when I'm off work, it's my only time. I'm going to do this, and this is what I want to do. And, and you know, it's, we end up setting up. And I'm not saying women don't do this, too, but we end up setting up these own, our own little kingdoms. Correct. Where it's about us yeah. only. And that is leading – I think that's leading the charge on – on younger people as they're growing up going, yeah. no, I, I'm not going to do something. I'm not going to be a part of some church that says it ain't about me, right? I oh. want to be about me, I, you know, because it was about my dad. So now it's going to be about me when I grow up or dad didn't even care enough to hang around and be with yeah. us. Right. And so he was so into selfism, even though we wouldn't be able to say it, that was what it is. Right. He's so into selfism. He just decided to not even, I mean, he only sent me birthday cards or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like something like that. So he wasn't even involved at all. So I'm going to do my own thing. And I don't need the church to really do that. And I think also there's been a there, there's there's a it, don't you feel like there's sort of a bad air that the outside world can look in on the church and go, okay, well, they're talking about male leadership or men being in charge, and that's just lording it over other people or saying they're more important. I think that we've mistaken what real male leadership looks like. Talk about that for a minute, Mike. I, you know, I, you know, I, I've made the mistake, and and. Um, my wife Amy's had to bring me out of it where, <clears throat> you know, I'm at work and I'm um, not paying a lot of attention when I come home. I want to do this. I want to do that. And she's had to remind me, hey, you have children here that need your attention. Mm-hmm. I've been so self-involved with work and those thinking that I'm doing what I need to do. I'm being the man that I need to be. I'm working. I'm, I'm working, providing. I'm right, providing, right. you know, and, and my children are, you know, want my time. And I, I don't have time. I don't have time. And I'm not really doing anything. Right. Yeah, I just don't, right. I don't have time. And I didn't notice it. I'm going on doing what I want to do. Um, and she said, hey, take a break a minute here. Your kids want you. And, of course, at, at, at first it was like well, – Pushback. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Right, right, what right. else do you want from I'm me? I'm a good dad. What are you talking about? What are you talking right. about? I'm a good, good dad. And I can, oh, right. and I can list it too. Yeah. I do this and I do, do that. that right, I do, yeah. right, right. But at the end of the day, um, there was something missing. So – yeah, um, I think we missed the boat on what leadership really is, and what that and what that entails. As a man, Christ is the example of that. Yeah, the very example. And I and I, I keep thinking about the, the the Garden of Eden, where he says, "You know, if there's any way, yeah, any way this cup can be passed, any way, right? Then let's do it that we'll way. Do it a different way." And God says, "Uh." Well, it ain't going to be. And he goes, okay. Your will, not my not will. Mine. Right. Not mine. And that is where we have fallen. Yeah, I agree. Um, at, the, at, at the end of the day, uh, as men, it's not about us. And you've said it. Yeah, it's not. It's not. And, it, and it's so easy to make it about us. I mean, it yeah. is so easy. It is the easiest lie of the enemy to We buy. can escape every day. Absolutely. It is so easy to buy, and you can you can even pump yourself up and tell yourself that you're a good father, you're a good husband, you don't have to do this to be one, yeah. and all these kind of things. And at the end of the day, all that is is this: it's just you and me caring more about ourselves than we do about our families or yeah. people around us. You know, the example of the leader, the male leadership, and all leadership. I'm just we're talking about men, right? The example of leadership coming from Jesus is, you know, you lay down your life. Right. For those around you. You lay down your preferences. You lay down your life. Like you lay it down for them. Right. And then and then it's just two little words. It's follow me. Like yeah. I'm ca- I'm gonna I'm gonna show you and then I'm gonna call you to do the same thing that I'm doing. Right. Right. And so you want to end up becoming, you know, 
that person that has led you right. sacrificially, right? I mean, yeah. like like my dad. My dad was just a Goodyear worker, right? right. He was just a he was just a tire maker, right? right? And and uh, but he was a good father. He was a good man. But mainly, his faith was first, and he and he would constantly lead selflessly, right. right? Selflessly. And so And you saw it. Of course. And, right. and, I, and I saw his issues too. See, that's the whole that's the thing too. Is right. I saw his 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 problems and his issues. Right. We saw those. But at the same time you saw somebody who was willing to not just lay down their work life for their family, right? right? Like, oh, I'm going to work every day and provide and that's what I'm going to lay down. No, instead it was all these things that were I'm just going to lay my life down and at the end of the day it was what what I ended up being later on is seeing that all of that was from Christ right. in Him, and all I wanted to do was be like Him in that, you know. Yeah. In that, like it's it's that whole follow me, and you want to become like that. Um, and I'm not saying I do this greatly either. Like when you when you brought this up a little while ago before we started recording, I mean it hurt my heart because you know this is something I need to hear. Like I right. there's so so frequently where I will turn it about me. You know, yeah. turn it about me and be selfish about it. And instead, what we're called to do is actually lay that down. Yeah. And this is important. I mean, because so, I think, all right, so I spend a lot of time with, and our church has reached a lot of unchurched people. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot. And what I have found over the years is that unchurched people, and I use the word unchurched to cover a myriad of things, yeah. right? Dechurched, anti church. <laughs> yeah. Lost, unsaved, whatever you want to do, right? right? They don't have a problem with Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus is very enticing to them. Absolutely. Right? Very enticing to them. They don't have a problem with Jesus. They got a problem with us. Yeah. Right? And they specifically have a problem with, typically, leadership within the organization of the church yeah. or or those who, th- those who, um, uh, portray that they are leaders in the faith, whether it's in the church or not, right? And so, yeah. yeah. And, and and that's an issue because that has that has to be part of the decline of the church coming in is like so if we're supposed to be like Jesus and lead like Jesus and then that makes people be more enticed by Jesus yeah. obviously we ain't doing something right right and I do think that you're right I th- it has to come back on on men in general part of this has to be a man problem all day it has to be a man problem. Because when men decide to set the tone of this is what we're going to do and this is why this is important, right, right, and not just say it, yeah, yeah, right, not actually do it, right. right. I think that's why we saw a change in numbers too when we we're talking right. to those random stats a minute ago that just from attending church regularly, yeah. to actually Bible studying separate, right? They, you know, it's a different priority, yeah. right? Attending church now, don't get me wrong, attending church is a massive spiritual habit in right. the formation of our faith. Right, it is a big, big deal. When somebody that's unchurched starts to attend church regularly, they have had to change their whole lives to do that. Right? Yeah. Like all of a sudden, it's a massive, massive step. Yeah. And it also keeps you connected to the body, which is which is huge in your faith. Right. Period. Right. You get disconnected from people. Your first step away from God is a step away from the people of God. Your yeah. first pull away from God is going to be a pull away from the people of God. So it's huge. Right. But obviously we also saw, though, that when you pair that up with not just church attendance, but then separately on my own time, outside of somebody feeding me like a pastor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm choosing to engage in the Bible, choosing to pursue my own faith, and my family sees that. Yeah. Now it's this priority that they go, oh, no, he actually lives this out. It's not just something he says, right? right? It's something he really believes in. It becomes a family value, yeah. right? 
um, that, you know, and you're learning about the faith, right? right? I think one of the hardest things, and maybe this goes along with what you're saying, you can you can correct me or interrupt or whatever, but whoops, I just kicked something. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, I've seen so many people um, over the years who they they wish they had more of a background in things spiritual and in things that are of God. That they don't have because nobody poured it into them, and so the, you know, nobody is leading them into those things. Right. And people now walk into church, whereas back in the day, you know, everybody had some Bible knowledge for the most part in 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 Amer- in the Bible Belt of America, right? right? But now you have folks who have no clue about any of this because none of their their parents, especially especially dad, because they all they almost always can reference a Bible toting, yeah. you know. A Bible believing yeah. Christian grandma, yeah, right, or yeah. mama, oh yeah, but they rarely say that about their grandfather or their father. That's true. And if the men have this ability to set a tone of what the family does, then that has to relate to the fact that they well, if the man doesn't do it, even if even if grandma and mama try to step in and to fill that gap and to say this is what the values are, they obviously don't stick near as well or be near as deep. Is is if they were coming from dad or grandpa, right? You know, and, and not just to boys, to 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 ladies too, to women right. too. Um, right. Growing up, I mean, it's a you know, I, I know that we talk about it when it comes to like crime and stuff. That father being out of the home is a it's an actual statistical precursor to crime, right? right. It's also right. a statistical precursor to poverty yep. and to all kinds of things, but. We know that there that has to be more than just a warm body sitting in the room, right? Oh, yeah. It can't just be a man in the house, right? Right. And it's got to be somebody who actually cares, interactive. And, and, yeah, 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 for sure, for yeah. sure. And um, and I think that obviously you're hitting on something because the numbers don't lie. No. And and also I can give you so many personal anecdotes of people that just 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 constantly where. Like I know there are tons and tons of dads in our church who are the first dad to decide that faith was important, right? Right. Or at yeah. least or yeah. at least live it out, right? right? I mean, they're the first ones. And and stuff that's going on with their kids looks different than stuff going on with the other kids. Now they all have the same problems. We're all the same people. We're all sinful. But it's a different ballgame. And yeah. I think what, what we what maybe you're getting to um is roots, right? There's yeah. some there's some roots that are developed when yeah. a man steps in. Um, what do you think, Mike? That what do you think men could do better? Like, what do you think the issue lies with leadership in general? Where's the big issue at? Is it go back to what we were talking about a minute ago about you know laying down your life, or is it the selfism? Like, what do you think the big issue is? Uh, personal responsibility. Yeah, it's starting at its core is personal responsibility, not. Taking responsibility for your actions and for your inactions, probably. It's so easy today um, to be excused for bad behavior. Mm. You see it everywhere. Um, Don't want to offend somebody who may have had some bad behavior. It's so easy to just walk away from it or deny it or whatever else. Like we talked about before, you know, being a man means you need to make some decisions that are going to be at a cost to you, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to cost mm-hmm. you something. That's part of being a man. That's the, to me, that's the good thing about 
about being um, a man. And I say it's going to cost you, but it's a, it develops you. Yeah. You know so what I mean? So there's always going to be pay, payoffs because of it, but there's yeah. a cost associated with Th- it. There is a cost, and, and sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's I, – I think of one example. I can think of plenty of bad examples, too. Um, there, there's one example. I, I remember I was at eating with my kids, and I opened the door to the car, and it hit the car next to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, oh. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. The first thing that went to my head is, you know, I'm, I'm going to get some jerk, uh-huh. right, that's going to say the whole side of my car was totally <laughs> destroyed. It's going to cost you $8 billion right, to right, fix right, my car, right. you know. The easy thing for Mike to do is to look around. Shut up and get in the car. Let's go. Right. We're going to go. But and, – and Mike is not this person. The, the good Lord tapped Mike on yeah, the shoulder yeah. and said, here's an opportunity for you to do so. – and it wasn't much. So I got out a piece of paper and I wrote a note on it, and, and I just trusted the Lord. So here we go, right? I put it on the windshield. And one of the kids said, Dad, why don't you just, just like what you said, why don't yeah, you just, just leave? Just leave. Right. Don't, don't worry about it. You know, how are they, how are they going to know? That it was you. Right? That it was you, know, right? right? And so I said, well, you know what? I did it. I need to be held responsible for it. It was a mistake. The wind got it, but yeah. I did it. So inside we went. And I'm waiting because I'm cynical. I'm horrible. Ask my family. I'm cynical. <laughs> you know what? The our world's going to end. Yeah, here it comes. Yeah. Oh, here we go. And later on, I got a phone call. They said, "Hey, I saw you left a note on my, you know, on my car." I said, "Here it goes. Give me my checkbook out." Yeah, yeah. Because right. that's just Mike. That's how he is, be. right? Right. And so I appreciate you doing that. There was no damage. Have a great day. So that one for me. Yeah, absolutely. That was from the Lord, right? It was a, an opportunity for me to make a decision that I, I take responsibility for it. Um, but I've made plenty of them where I didn't. Yeah, but you. But in that moment. Your kids see that happening too. And it wasn't right? much. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. You know. I mean, I didn't have to do a lot other than, than leave a note. So that one didn't cost you anything. Right? No, it but didn't. It, like you're talking about cost, but except it could. them hearing me yeah. saying, "Right, <laughs> it's probably going to be bad." <laughs> and then they can be like, "See that?" <laughs> right, right, right. But, but I mean, I, I've made enough bad ones. Yeah, it right? could have cost you, right? right? So, like, I think that's what you're saying is, is that you know, to 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 lead the way you're supposed to lead, there's going to be some cost there. Um, it's going to hurt, right? Okay. I mean, it's going to hurt. Right. You know, laying down your life, laying down your preferences, it hurts, yeah. right? It hurts, you right. know, because you don't get to do this or that that you want to do, right? Or or you don't get to rest at certain times where you right. want to rest or whatever. Um, it hurts. and But in the end, the, the payoff is something that we almost cannot calibrate. Like, Not right then. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't – like I, I think that if we if we could go – you know, if all of a sudden all the men listen to this podcast and all right. the Christian men in America decided we were going to lead appropriately in our families and lay our lives down, right, and stop following this God of self and instead actually follow Jesus, right, then it would it would there would be some pain there. There'd be a lot of cost oh, there. Yeah. You'd have to be laying down all kinds of dreams that you might have or things you want to do or whatever it is, right? Right. But you fast forward fifty years and these random statistics we're talking about in America could look they drastically look different. different. Right, different. drastically different. And yeah. I think I don't know why we always feel this way. I don't. I don't understand why we don't. And I'm me too. I'm talking to me. I'm talking right. to myself. Right. Why we don't see this if we say we're Christ followers? Like, why do we not see that it's going to cost us something? Why is it always about you know our own things comfort? Be great. Right? Things I mean, will be great. Yeah. We are literally following a Savior 
who voluntarily was brutally murdered, right, on purpose. And like you brought up in the Garden of Gethsemane, he sits there and says, like, if there's any other way we can do this, I'd really appreciate it. Like, right. what other way can this happen? You know, and then obviously there is no other way. Right. And so full wrath of God is being placed on Jesus. And, and he voluntarily does That's this. That's the key. Right? He voluntarily Voluntarily did. does this. Like, he didn't have to do it. Yeah, you don't have to. Right. But because he voluntarily does it, it changes the course of everything. Right. You know, and we follow that Savior. And so if – and I'm trying to get every principle in my life from Jesus. Right. You know, I said this to somebody earlier, and it always causes a fight when I say it, but the the Bible is not the foundation of our faith. Right. The, the empty tomb is the foundation of our faith. Like right. The resurrection of Jesus is the foundation of our faith. Now, right. I'm not saying – that does not denigrate the Bible at all. Right. I'm just saying that I'm trying to take every single principle I can in my life from the Savior. Right. Right? From, from Jesus himself. The God in the flesh here with us, and of course, I learn a lot of that through the Bible. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to take every principle He says, and so whatever He does is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to leadership, I mean, it literally looks like you lay down your life. There are costs associated, right? Right, and but the benefits of those of those things that you lay down for everybody else, yeah. including yourself, are massive, right? I mean, let's don't forget. That Jesus, of course, him laying down his life benefited the entire world, right, and all of us. But it also, because of his sacrifice and who he is as a son, he has the name above all names, the you know, king of all kings, lifted higher than anything else, right? I mean, it benefited him too. I don't mean that. that sounds oh, no, weird. I, no, I know exactly what you mean. Right. But it was the same thing for us. And if I don't understand why we think, why we constantly forget that leadership would look anything other than what it looked like for Jesus. You know, and when you think about that example of Christ and his sacrifice for all, right. and, and I'm reminded, and you've said it before, I'm, I'm constantly reminded of those that he knew would never believe. Yes, yes. If, if it was for them. Yeah. Right, he'd have done it. And I think men have a lot of pride. I have a lot of pride. Yeah. I don't want to think that decisions I make – you ain't gonna. You need to feel good about it, right? Right. Right. And that's right. that's not no. That's not why you're here. You know what I mean? And that that's for especially Christian males. I mean, we're just. I, I would go. I would go so far to say we're probably worse I agree. than men who are, who are not because we know different. I agree. You know, we've had that change. We've had that. We've accepted Christ. We've yep. had that change. We know. We know. We're making a sometimes making a conscience. Effort not to do oh absolutely what we should do absolutely you know and we're going against like we can literally right. we're literally going against what we feel and understand the Holy Spirit leading us to do yeah. right and I've done it a million I have, times I have right? as well a million times like I right. know what God wants me to do in this moment yeah you have this inner voice of the Holy Spirit right as Christ followers as men and right. you can you can actually squelch it it's actually worse than somebody obviously who doesn't have that right you know I mean it's a big deal right. it's a big deal and. This this idea, I never really thought about this idea, to be honest with you, when we were going through all these things. I tend to think, think so practically um, about church in general. And so, like, like, when I think about what's causing this decline, I tend to think what involved in the institution of church yeah. is causing this decline, right? right? Um, and a lot of our stuff that we've talked through, even though I didn't come up with a, sort of the same thing, this one's very different. This one is, has nothing to do with the institution of church. This one has to do with actual people, actually men, walking and living out the faith. Correct. Right? Choosing to sacrifice 
um, choosing to take those costs because they know in the end that's one that's what they're called to do, but two that is the ultimate benefit to their family and society. Right, right is to lay those things down, and that to me is got to be a bigger problem than I thought of before. So, like for example, here's a few things that like when I make references when I write down stuff and I think about all right, what's called what causes the church to die? What's causing the decline of the church? I think about stuff like the church is refusing to look like the community that they live in. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the church used to be in the community looked like the church. That's how it got planted. Then all of a sudden, things change, you know, over time. Families move out. So wealthy people move to a different part of town, right, which then gives us housing that is cheaper. And so people that are less wealthy move in, and then the church fails to actually look like the community that they're in. I think about those things. I think about the budget being inward instead of outward. And Mm -hmm. so when you got more money in your cemetery fund than you do in your youth fund, that's why the church is dying. So I think about those things and and I think about the fact that the church is driven over its personal preferences over you know other things and and the church rarely ever praying together right, right. and yeah. so or the pastoral tenure being so short right and so pastoral tenures have become really short right yeah. so there's this constant change of leadership I think about those things but this topic is so much bigger than the institution of church this is this comes down to like real life personal Christianity being walked out right. and the seed that that plants in the community and the world, right? Because we're talking about men being actual leaders in the faith and leaders in their families. That's planting seeds that that are much bigger than the organized church. You know what? When, when I talk to new cops, right, that just got on the job, and one of the things that they're, they're not thinking about because they want to go out there and they want to – you know, they want to make a difference today. They want to and, – and every day you can. Yeah, sure. Right? But um, I try to remind them when you're not at work or when you're at work, but particularly when you're not at work, don't mess up because if you do – or think about your choices. That's yeah, Think yeah, about yeah. your choices because it doesn't just affect you. It affects me, right? It affects everything. Every oh, cop yeah. in this nation, when you do something stupid, right, right, right. and you're going to do something stupid, you're going to do it. But think about it before you make those decisions, because you will you will make you will cast a bad light. You can cast a bad light on all of us for that. Same with my walk with Christ. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Every time I make a stupid decision and people see me, it casts a bad light on who. Adam. Yep, absolutely. It you know does. what I mean? It does. Everybody, because I've done something really stupid. And a lot of us as men, we don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that. I I, I just I don't want to get involved. I don't want to have to make – I don't want to have to be looked at like that. I don't have to make those decisions. Yeah, so I would just, just really walk away from – Yeah. Abdicate that responsibility. Just right. Push It'll, be It'll be fine. It'll be fine. My wife will make sure. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do it. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think – you're right. We can that's hide. A, that's the biggest problem with male leadership in a church right. in general is somebody else will do it, right? right. Well, one, how do you know that? Two, um, I don't think we really do. Right, I just right. think we, we hope it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then two, it ain't their job. It's right. yours, right? Like it's not their – obviously. Right. You know, I'm not saying that it's not a mama's job to instill faith and, and lead their children in that way. I'm not saying it in any bigoted way. What I'm saying is, is that clearly, clearly, it is the father's job to set a tone of 
What do we value? What do we believe in our families, right? And so, you know, there's certain responsibilities you can go, well, somebody else will do that. Right. But my daddy always, he, he, he baked this into me so many ways, um, in so many different ways. Like, like we, I remember one time, and it's just these little stupid things right. that happens. Right. I remember one time us being in this parking lot of a gas station, right? Um, and, and some, there was a piece of paper flying through the gas station. The wind was blowing or whatever. And it was just some trash, right? And trash back in the day was a lot bigger than it is now. It wasn't plastic. You know, it was this big, huge, yeah. honking piece of paper <laughs> right. flying through. And my daddy's like, go get that up. And I'm like, that's not mine. It's that's not, not ours. Mine. Right. It's not mine. And then he was like, go get it up. And I'm like, <laughs> so I do it, of course, because right. I don't want to get in trouble. Um, but then the whole time, and I, I remember thinking it, then I had actually said to him, but dad, somebody else will get that up. Somebody's hired to clean up at the gas station. Yeah. And then so he said back to me, how do you know that? Yeah. And and when and because it was in front of you, it's your responsibility, right? Because you are my dad. I remember my dad saying this to me. Because what do you think Jesus wants you to say about it? He wants you. Do you think he wants you to say it's not my responsibility, right? It's not my job. Like you ever been on? You ever been at work or something? And you hear somebody do that? They go, "Well, that's not my job." Yeah, I want to fire that person immediately. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. You know? and, and, but were I, we talking last week? Right. <laughs> right. What? Sorry. That's not my job. Right. What are you talking about? It's not my job. Right. Like we're we're in this thing together, and I think right. as Christian men, there we have to bear the weight of the responsibility of this walk and of this world and I, I, sewing this you, thing in there. I will tell you um, uh, an admission on my part. Uh, you know, I, I was I've been saved since I was probably thirteen, right, or twelve, because I was in church all the time, and um, you know, mom and dad were very influential on, you know, my decision to become saved and all right, this right, stuff. Right, right. So I had reinforcement, yeah, you know, for, forever. Um, and I, I had gotten on the job, <clears throat> and we were talking about the crack e- epidemic hit, and I was working over on a street on the south side because I, I worked on the south side. Um, so I remember I had chased somebody. I don't know, they had, may have had a warrant or something, and I was worked up. You know, I didn't catch them. I was, I was really worked up. I was young. I don't think I was married at the time. You know, I, I could catch anybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, work, and work all the time. I worked all the time. <laughs> right, I, right. And, of course, I didn't catch them. So I was all worked up, irritated. And a guy pulled up beside me, and we were sitting there talking, another cop. And I'm like, profanity-laced. Blah 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 that blah 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 and he blah blah and I, it was impressive, right? <laughs> the profanity was impressive, <laughs> right? I don't, I, it, it just was woven together. It was great, and <clears throat> I kind of leaned forward, and in the passenger seat was a young man who came to church with me. Mm. 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 And you know how sometimes things will will bother you later. That was an immediate dagger. Yep, you got it right then, and yep. it was embarrassment. That's the initial was embarrassment, um, but the I can remember to this day his face, to this day, his face, um, and I regret that day. Yeah, you know, till right now I regret it. Um, but everybody is watching. You claim to be a Christian, and you're a I man. Agree. I I wonder how much I ruined. Really? Yeah. How much did I ruin? Yeah, like, I like uh, these stats we're talking about, how much was our responsibility? Yeah. What did I do? Yeah. How much? And then that was just what I realized. The next question was, well, how much did I do I ruin every day? Yeah, you don't even realize it. I don't know. 
right? So it was an eye-opening experience for me. I think that's true. I think yeah. that, that we failed. Like we read these stats and we think about the millions and millions of people that were referenced in the stats. And, you know, and so it, it immediately makes me think that to tackle that large of a number, it's going to have to be some institutional change. But when you put it like that, when you put it like that, it's just one. It's just that one purpose. So all yeah. of us individually, right, actually leading, and, and in other words, the, are right. That's it, where the fight is. Absolutely. And then, how many people does that actually impact? It impacts way more than we think it does. Yeah. You know I mean, way, way, way more. Like yeah. I, I, I think this is why you can say that a small group of people who are serious about their faith can have a much bigger influence than a large group of people yeah. who are just haphazard about their faith. And I'll tell you, Adam, you're not going to adjudicate morality. Yeah, I agree. You're not, because you can hide in yep. it. Yep, exactly. You can hide in it. You can't hide one-on-one. Yep. You, you don't, but I can hide. If I change the law, right? Yes, and, absolutely. And I'm a, it may be controversial. There's, there's no prayer in school anymore. I can never remember a day when I could not pray. <laughs> right, right. Right? Now... You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm all about it. Let's let's do it. But you're not going to be able to adjudicate that. Yep. Right. Um, the the res- the responsibility and what makes you quote a man, and I, that's just just a phrase. Which makes you a man. So you pray anyway. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Having a law to hide behind and not doing it. That the fight is not there. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But that makes it easy to adjudicate it. The harder part is taking responsibility as a man and doing it. But, you know, I can tell you, the failure many times is going to override the success as a man. You really are. I mean, yeah, I know, agree. I agree. You know, so yeah. I think that we'll wrap up, but I think that obviously we've, we've, all, we've, we've naturally kind of accidentally arrived at a sort of what do we do moment yeah. at the end of these episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so several of them have been – a focus on the next generation of leadership. We've right. talked about that a couple times. Like, you know, a few episodes ago, we talked about the fact that, you know, that the younger generation of people, of, of, of young Christians in the church, they see people differently and in a different light with more empathy than our generation does. Right. I mean, so, so we need to bring them in, right? We need to lift them up. And so that was just a certain way. So I think that our sort of conclusion point here is, is to make a change in this you know, if you're sitting there right now and your heart is hurt over, oh my goodness, the church is declining in America, right? These right. numbers are going to be, I mean, they're, they're going to be pretty absurd in about right. 20, 30 years. Right. What do we do about it? Obviously, it comes down to individual personal responsibility right. of our faith, man or woman, right? right? Knowing that if we actually live it out and have integrity with that, it sows seeds that we have no idea about right. and shines a positive light on Christ and then therefore his church. Yeah. And then the effects of that are much bigger than you think they are. They're yeah. not just – it's not just changing one or two individuals. It's changing right. all kinds of things, right? I mean, that's, that's the power we're talking about here. If, if one dad decided, you know what, I, I, I am a Christ follower right. and I'm going to make that a priority and that's going to therefore be a priority for my family, right? right? And I'm going to lead – not from the top. I'm gonna leave from the bottom. Correct. Right? Correct. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stand up top and say, say, say. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. do right? right. And I'm gonna say, follow me in this. Right. And, and I'm gonna point to Jesus through my actions, not my words only. That one family, that one father deciding to do that, is going to affect 
pieces of society we have no idea about. My right. my wife is all about some genealogy. All right, so so she's all about genealogy. She always has been. It's been big for her and big for her family. Um, her maiden name is Sterling, uh-huh. which you can you can you know it's it's pretty a big name. And you can solid. Root, yeah, you right. can root it all the way back to Scotland. Right. So years ago, she did this big um, thing for her master's degree on the genealogy of this family. And so for various different historical reasons she's tracing, I don't know. But anyway, what she ended up doing, she ended up actually tracing her own family. And so she was able to trace the Sterling line of her family all the way to Scotland and then to the family that actually came over. And so she actually has, she's found the gravestone of her original great, 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 I think it's six greats, grandfather that actually came to America, where they came at in Maryland, where they hit. Which is so so pretty cool, right? Yeah, it is. So I don't care about none of that stuff. So I just kind of so yeah, honey, that's wonderful, right? So she she years ago she did this, and our little girl, our our, our oldest, was only like two when this happened, or maybe one. And so Valerie took her up there, and she was with Mama when she found all this stuff. Anyway, so fast forward to like last week. Last week she did some other project for for school again. And so she had to revisit these records in Maryland. So I know nobody knows this except genealogy nerds, but Maryland has like phenomenal records. archival records, right? And so anyway, she does it again. So we come back and Mike's knocking microphones off. We come back uh, and uh, and she's telling me about it again. And what I realized is this one person coming over on a boat, yeah, right? Unmarried at the time, this one person comes over to the boat. When you trace it back now, yeah. Right, and we're only talking about we're only talking about 150 years. Yeah. Right, maybe maybe a little more than that. When you trace it back, maybe 200 years. When you trace it back, it is like the family. Yeah, it's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of right. grandchildren. Right, I mean, it's a massive amount coming from one person. Yeah, one person, and so and that's just a family connection. So if we think about faith this way, in us actually. Being men and being leaders and leading our families with these priorities, right? If you just took those stats alone, right? That we just talked about a minute ago about right. how many. So if you, if you got a dad who's vested, he mm-hmm. goes to church regularly and he's in a Bible study. Let's just call it that's the basic yeah. of the vestment. Then two thirds of his kids are going to be doing that when they're grown. If you multiply that, I mean, it's just crazy, right? Okay. If you start multiplying that out, yeah, then all of a sudden, guess what? Yeah. You have you have people doing that, and now the tide changes. Now yeah. now it becomes something that no, my faith is not based on somebody else or whatever. It's it's these roots that are placed. Correct. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then so just the family route alone, you and I in a hundred years will have a hundred grandchildren. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not to mention the secondary people that we would influence by actually living a life of faith. And I think that men miss that. Like, that's the benefit you were talking about before. Now, there's lots of benefits. Right. But the long-term benefit of it is you can have a massive impact. Yeah. Massive, True. massive impact at the minimal cost of so you can't sit on the couch and watch your favorite show, you know, every Tuesday night. And, right. you know, because you're going to actually you're going to actually participate with your children. And right. I don't know. You're actually going to pray with them right right or whatever whatever that tone ends up being and you're going to lose you're going to it's going to cost you yeah some of your selfish time right but in the end even on this what we're talking about here the benefit is almost it's almost incalculable yeah you almost can't calculate it right um so thank you mike i appreciate yeah, you being you. on man thank i hope you. we'll do it again sometime soon yep. um 
uh, you guys make sure you check us out on uh, all those social places, all that junk, Facebook and Instagram and whatever else it is, and share the episode if you like it, and give us a um, uh, rate the podcast wherever you're listening on Spotify or Apple. If it's good, if you've given us a bad review, just don't do one. But if you're giving us a good one, give us one, um, and we'll be back. We're going to do a couple more of these episodes um, on uh, Symptoms of the Dead Church, the de- decline of church in America leading into Christmas. So we'll be doing this for the rest of this year, um, and then we'll wrap it up. And then the first of the year, we'll kick off a new series. And so, Mike, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thanks for being on. I think that your perspective is really cu- crucial, and it opened up some of, you know, some of my eyes to things that were more personal than just church-wide institution. So anyway, glad to have you. Yes, we sir. will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Messy Walk Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.